You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Worshipology. So grateful that you would want to spend 20 to 30 minutes uh, talking and diving into the art of worship. Uh, Of course, this is a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. And I got a huge announcement I'm really excited to share uh, with you right here from the onset of this episode. Uh, I have a book called Worshipology that is coming out in October. So excited about this book to be a resource for worship teams and worship leaders everywhere. This has been a labor of love, uh, probably two years in the making, uh, really took shape over COVID as we all kind of had a time out in our lives. And so I dove into uh, really what the Lord was putting on my heart, uh, just to write a resource that would inspire and encourage worship leaders everywhere, really from a biblical standpoint, we're diving into a lot of the things that we read, uh, not just in the Old Testament with David and uh, a lot of the Levites, but also in the New Testament. Where are these biblical tie-ins to leading worship and what are the insights we can draw in our modern day context? And so the book really leans on that biblical side. It also leans on the practical side. You know, what are some of the practices that we can do in our everyday lives to raise our level of leadership, to raise our level of musicianship? And so the book leans on that. And then, of course, spiritual, uh, which is what I'm going to be talking about later on in this episode. I think every worship leader's greatest resource is the Holy Spirit. And so this book really just leans into the spiritual side of leading worship, how you can grow your heart for leading worship, how you can grow your, your passion for the Holy Spirit, more of the Holy Spirit in your lives. And so it's a biblical, practical, and spiritual guide to living and leading worship. Now, the book comes out in October. I don't have an exact date yet, but it's going to be with Core Media Group, and they are amazing. They've already put out a website. It's Worshipology Book. And you can go there today. You can pre-order the book. Uh, You can kind of see the heart behind it, read a couple of uh, good testimonies, and you can see some of the uh, voices that are going to be featured on the book. Now, every single chapter in the book closes with what I call a closing thought from seasoned worship leaders, songwriters, and artists everywhere. Uh, Worship leaders like Paul Wilbur, who's been a guest on the show, Uh, pastors like Aaron Keyes and Dwan Hill, Uh, voices like Corey Voss and Chrissy Nordoff, they're all leaning in with their expertise and their heart on these different uh, subject matters that are covered in the chapters. And I talk about everything uh, from excellence to what is Selah, all about. And so I think this book is going to be a great resource. I'm excited about uh, getting it out there. So once again, it's worshipologybook.com. You can pre-order it today. You're hearing about it here first. I'm actually going to post later tonight on my social media page, but just excited to to announce that. So my first book, Soundcheck, came out in 2016. This is about a, a six-year process in, in getting this one from thought to uh, page and uh, excited about that. And then when you go onto the website, worshipologybook.com, here's another thing I'm really excited about uh, announcing today. There's actually gonna be a Worshipology online coaching 
community. Now, listen, I think all of us could use a coach in life. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're wanting to get better at a, uh, at a particular musical instrument, you want to get better in your leadership, or you just want to get better in pastoring people. Uh, I would love to be uh, involved in that. And I'd love to have you in that coaching community. And so you can actually join the Worshipology online coaching community. We're just calling it Worshipology Community for short. And uh, you can actually sign up for that at worshipologybook.com. You can also find out more information at my website, uh, curtisparks.com. And not to make this too much more of an infomercial, but the thing about the community is so key because uh, I'm going to be talking about subjects that I cover in the book, subjects that we've covered here on the podcast. We're going to dive deeper in. Every week, we're going to have a time where we worship together. Uh, worship leaders are going to be able to bounce ideas off of one another. Uh, it's about a $20 a month uh, charge that just kind of keeps us going through Next Wave Communities platform. Uh, but listen, I think if you can get a coach and a community for $20 a month, I think it's a steal. So definitely check that out, worshipologybook.com. Okay, that's all I'm going to share about that. The book comes out in October. Excited for the resource and excited for the community that goes along with it. Well, listen, we've had, like I said, some amazing guests, and today it's just me here in the studio, but I do want to let you know about some guests that are coming uh, up soon. I'm going to have Dan Rivera from SEU Worship, and he's going to be sharing some beautiful insights. Uh, every time I get to sit down with Dan, it's a, an awesome time, and we both come away sharpened from each other. Uh, I'm going to have Brad and Rebecca. They're a couple that travels around leading worship all over the world. They raise a lot of money for missions, and I love the way that they tie in music with missions, so we're going to be talking to them. I'm also going to be talking to Pastor Greg Ford. Now, if you don't know about uh, Pastor Greg, man, you are not going to want to miss that episode. Uh, he's one of the most inspiring guys on the planet. He pastors one church up in Columbus, Ohio. And those are just a few of the guests that are coming up soon. So cannot wait for what God has in store for this podcast. And today I was just kind of praying earlier today, what do I want to share about? It's just me in the studio and I get to really share my heart in these episodes. And, you know, one of the questions I get asked more than anything else is what is the role of a worship leader? And I think the role of a worship leader, simply put, is to put a magnifying glass on the goodness of God, to help people uh, connect to his presence, to show people that God is everything. And we get to use that through song. You know, we sing these songs that praise our maker. We sing songs that pour in identity to God's people. And every time we get to lead worship, uh, whether it's just you and an acoustic guitar or a full band or with a choir, uh, like I got to do this last week, so much fun up in Baltimore uh, with Trinity Life Church. But it doesn't matter what the context is. When you lead worship, your goal is not only for yourself, but for the entire congregation to know Jesus a little bit better. And when we sing these songs, these songs are theology. You know, I think when you look at every church service, at least in the United States, uh, the majority would start off with music and probably, you know, they would say that the majority of churches have about half music and half preaching. And then, of course, you know, you've got a lot of other things that take place within a service, whether that's communion, but music and message are a key part of our Sunday services. And I think that it's so important for a worship leader to have accurate theology. I think it's important for the songs that we sing to be pointing people to Jesus. Um, and I think the way that we really do that and what we talk about a lot in this podcast 
is through spirit-led worship. And you simply cannot be spirit-led if you're not filled with the spirit. And so today I want to talk about uh, the Holy Spirit and how it pertains to the presence of God. Now, the Holy Spirit and the presence of God are not necessarily the same thing, but you usually don't have one without the other. Like the fruits of the Spirit, and you know them, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. There's nine fruits of the Spirit. All of those fruits of the Spirit are fully uh, present and fully active where the presence of God is. You know, it says uh, where the presence of God is, there is freedom, there is liberty, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Where, where God's presence is, there is fullness of joy, according to Psalm 16, verse 11. And so you want to be in the presence of God. I think all of us uh, would agree that the presence of God is the greatest place to be. And the Holy Spirit uh, is God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Think about this. The very Spirit of the living God And the Holy Spirit is not just a New Testament thing. The Holy Spirit has been active and around ever since Genesis chapter 1. Verse 2, we see that the Holy Spirit hovers over the chaos and brings balance into that. The Holy Spirit, I think sometimes we talk about, you know, the person of the Holy Spirit. But when you just break it down, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, depending on your uh, denomination and your upbringing, however you refer to the Holy Spirit, I don't believe it is a person. It's a spirit as the very name would imply. And, uh, you know, you've got this word in Greek, it's pneuma, meaning the breath, the breath of God, the spirit, the breath of God. And we have the Holy Spirit in us. I mean, think about that. The very breath of God is within you. And I think so many Christians are, we're cool. We understand God as that creator, that father, Uh, A lot of Christians and churches are cool with the person of Jesus. Jesus walked the earth, the Son of God, fully human, fully divine. Uh, Jesus, uh, of course, the stories, the parables, the gospels, the epicenter of our Christian faith is Jesus. You don't have Christianity without Christ. But the Holy Spirit, now this is that mysterious part of the triune God, Uh, the Holy Spirit isn't necessarily something we can fully grasp in our humanity. I mean, if we understood every single thing about God, I think that would cease to make him God and we'd start to probably make him in our image. Uh, But the Holy Spirit, you know, I was raised in a very uh, charismatic Pentecostal. Uh, We were non-denominational, but I would say we'd identify pretty heavily with, you know, spirit-filled and charismatic. And so, you know, we grew up in that Um, just upbringing where the Holy Spirit was always talked about. Holy Spirit was always celebrated. Uh, But I've been in a lot of churches where the Holy Spirit's not even mentioned. And, you know, we have these worship songs, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And I think we need more songs about the Holy Spirit. So that's a call and a charge to any songwriters that are listening. But I think oftentimes because the Holy Spirit is potentially the least understood part of the Trinity, You know, sometimes we'll treat the Holy Spirit as that third wheel, and we kind of leave the Holy Spirit off the table when we're talking to people about our Christian faith. You know, God the Father, Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit. Man, we need the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. In fact, you know, we live in this era of the Spirit. You know, Jesus walked the earth 2,000 plus years ago, and Jesus left behind his Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost was the unleashing of the Holy Spirit. And this 
extra measure of infilling. I mean, you know, the disciples, they had been walking with Jesus and Jesus was telling them, look, when I go, it's better for you that I go because I'm leaving the Holy Spirit behind. I mean, imagine being one of Jesus' disciples and hearing, it's better for you that I go. You've been walking alongside the Son of God. You've been seeing with your very eyes the miracles, the signs and the wonders, the healings. And here Jesus is saying, it's better for you that I go. And and here's why it was better. Because Jesus, in his humanity and his human form, could be one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit can be in all believers at all times. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, that, you know, we are the temple and the Holy Spirit lives in us. And so, you know, when Jesus was saying, it's better for you that I go, it was because he was going to leave behind his spirit. And the Holy Spirit is what makes us better than ourselves. The Holy Spirit doesn't just make us better than other people. The Holy Spirit makes us better than ourselves. So we have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, the the same Spirit that raised Christ out of that grave lives in us. And so to be Spirit-led in worship, you have to know the Holy Spirit. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And yet today in so many churches, we barely mention the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, is a deposit of what's to come. You know, Jesus talked about how the Holy Spirit was uh, the guarantee or the almost like the down payment. I've heard Bill Johnson use that phrase, uh, the down payment. The Holy Spirit was the down payment of, you know, God's presence, God's presence in and active in us. And, you know, I've talked about this before in the podcast, how we are modern day Levites and the Levites in the Old Testament, they would carry the Ark of the Covenant, which was a literal representation of God's presence. And so they would carry God's presence wherever they went. And here we are, uh, modern day Levites, or, you know, we're living, we still carry God's presence, but it's that form of the Holy Spirit. And you know, when we get to heaven, when we get on the other side of eternity, that's going to be a place of uninhibited God's presence in all of its fullness, all of his glory, nothing, no sin, no shame, no tears, no pain. Um, you know, there's nothing that's going to inhibit God's presence on that beautiful day. That's going to be an incredible experience. We don't even have words and smells and sounds for what that's going to be like. But on this side of eternity, we've been given that deposit of the Holy Spirit, to be that part of God that lives in us. Man, that's so incredible. And I think sometimes we read through the Bible and we just kind of, you know, we, we memorize these passages or we read them so much that they almost become super familiar and they lose that mystery. They lose that, that wonder and that beauty. And man, I pray that we never lose the wonder of the Holy Spirit. We never lose the mystery and we're okay with not knowing all the answers. But I just want to share a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Uh, You know, what does the Holy Spirit do? As I shared earlier, uh, Genesis 1 verse 2, from the very beginning, the Holy Spirit has been there, uh, just like Jesus, the the Word. Uh, Of course, you know, we we sing uh, the Word made flesh. You know, you were the Word at the beginning. I love that song and and, uh, what a beautiful name. But He was the Word at the beginning. Jesus was always there. God the Father was always there and the Holy Spirit was always there right from the very beginning in Genesis 1, verse 2. The Holy Spirit hovered over the chaos and brought balance. And I think this is important for us. I'm just going to take some small uh, nuggets from that because how often is our life chaotic? 
you know, how often can a church service even be chaotic? And we need the Holy Spirit to come in and bring balance to that. The Holy Spirit brings awareness to how God is moving. Of course, that makes total sense, right? Because if the Holy Spirit is that deposit of God's presence in us, um, the Holy Spirit would also bring balance to the chaos around us. And so when the Holy Spirit is moving and active and you're, you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit, you can notice those moments of chaos and how to help bring balance and order to that. And in the context of a worship service, you know, you might feel like everything's just going crazy in a rehearsal or, you know, your sound check, everything's just going wrong. Hey, take a moment and just say, Holy Spirit, come. What would happen in our services if we prayed that dangerous prayer, Holy Spirit, come? Would we see a greater measure of the Holy Spirit pouring out? Will we see what we see in the book of Acts? Man, I long to see a day where the Holy Spirit pours out in such a measure of power and peace in God's presence that unbelievers, as the Bible tells us, are brought to Christ. Man, that would be incredible. That's my prayer. And so when there's chaos uh, in your team or your, your rehearsals or even in just you know your interactions, man, Pray for the Holy Spirit to bring uh, balance and pray for the Holy Spirit to bring awareness of where you need to step into and maybe where you need to step out of, okay? So the Holy Spirit brings balance to chaos. One other thing the Holy Spirit does, gives us creativity. I was just sharing this with somebody the other day. You know, the very first person in the entire Bible to be filled with the Holy Spirit happens in Exodus chapter 31. It's this guy named Bezalel. And that seems like a name like, you know, we should know that name a little bit more. Nobody's naming their kids Bez, right? Like Bezalel is a name that just kind of drops off the map. But the very first person to be filled with the Holy Spirit is Bezalel. And it was for uh, creativity. It was for, you know, creating uh, beautiful items out of wood and stone and gold for the tabernacle. And so, man, when you're lacking creativity, and this is for the, the creatives that are listening, whether you're writing songs or just, you know, maybe you're on the production team and, and you feel like, man, I've got no creativity today or I'm not bringing anything to the table here. Man, pray for the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you fill me with your spirit fresh so that I can be more creative? Because like I said earlier, the Holy Spirit makes you better than yourself. Us filled with the Holy Spirit is way better than us on our own. So the Holy Spirit brings creativity. You know, the Holy Spirit gives us strength. Judges 14, 6, uh, the Spirit of God comes on Samson. And you guys know Samson. I mean, he's like the dude's dude in the Old Testament. He was the guy that was taking down all the Philistines. He beat the lion and the bear. And, uh, you know, Samson is known as like this beast of a man. Uh, but his strength came from the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit gives us strength. And I think sometimes, you know, for us, when we're leading teams and we're leading worship uh, you know, maybe you're doing a lot, you know, this last weekend I was uh, writing songs all day Friday and all day Saturday. And then of course, leading worship uh, all morning Sunday. And I was really exhausted. I didn't sleep well. Well, guess what? You know, when you're exhausted and you're at the end of your rope and you just don't feel like you have any strength, the Holy Spirit gives us strength. The Holy Spirit makes us better than ourselves. So pray for the Holy Spirit to give you strength. You know, every single time I go into Sunday morning, whether I'm leading worship or preaching, I have this really simple prayer. I say, God, help me to lead with clarity, conviction, competence, and confidence. I'm going to say those four things again. Lord, help me to lead with clarity, conviction, competence, 
and confidence. And competence and confidence really are all about a strength that we don't have in our natural selves. And so I need a supernatural strength because nobody needs what Curtis has on a Sunday, but we need what God has and God moves through his people. And so I pray that the Holy Spirit would give me strength when I'm feeling that fatigue. You know, we need mental strength, physical strength, spiritual strength today. And I think all of us can agree with that, right? I mean, we live in a day and age where it just seems like, man, everybody's exhausted. It seems like we all had 2020 as a break from our normal schedule. And then as soon as we could get back to normal, I think things are twice as crazy and twice as hectic now. And so we need the Holy Spirit to give us physical strength, mental strength, spiritual strength and stamina. So the Holy Spirit gives us strength and the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. You know, gifts are empowering. You look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, some people would say there's seven, others would say 12. Uh, I heard a pastor say today, 22 different spiritual gifts. And some of the spiritual gifts, they may seem more mysterious and spiritual in nature. I mean, you know, you've got prophecy and interpretation of tongues. Uh, Some may seem more everyday and practical, like hospitality and administration. And listen, I am not administratively gifted. Anyone who is, I would definitely say yes, that is a spiritual gift. And uh, hey, I could use a little bit more of that anointing in my life. But, you know, the Holy Spirit gives gifts. The Holy Spirit fills us. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19. You know, Paul is writing to the early church and saying, hey, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, being filled with the Spirit is something we have to make a part of our daily rhythm. And in fact, the word here, it's, it's not just talking about a one and done. It's actually like being constantly filled. So why are you constantly filled? Well, probably because you need to be constantly pouring out. The Holy Spirit is in me for my sake, as Bill Johnson once said, but he's on me for the sake of others. And so when we're constantly pouring out, we need to be filled back up. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit fills us. And I love that Ephesians 5 18 and 19 passage. Here's what it says. It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. So there it is for every worship leader in the room, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Do our services include that? Do we have psalms? Are we sharing from the psalms? Uh, not necessarily just in the, uh, you know, reading the Psalms, although that is an amazing part. And I highly encourage you, if you have moments in your service or moments in rehearsals or moments when you're with your team, always share from the Psalms. There's so many Psalms that can inspire us to worship God and praise Him and encourage others to do the same. So, but find moments where you can share scripture from stage in between a song. Hey, this next song comes out of Psalm 150 that says, let everything that has breath, you know, and so, but Psalms, uh, songs of the spirit and, uh, man, that's songs that are inspired by the Holy spirit, right? So songs of the spirit, Psalms, and of course, uh, hymns. And you guys know that I love hymns. I've done a couple records of hymns and, uh, I'm sure the hymn that is being referred to in Ephesians is probably a little bit different than be thou my vision because it hadn't been written yet. But I think that's so key for us to be sharing Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs every service again. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He fills us. The Spirit fills us. And uh, listen, maybe there's moments where in the service, in those transitional moments, uh, 
you have an opportunity to share not just the scripture, but maybe a testimony or a story, but you're afraid to speak. You know, I can't tell you how many worship leaders I've talked to where they're like, I just want to play the songs. I don't want to share anything. But we all know that part of being a worship leader and a worship pastor isn't just about leading songs. It's about leading people and pastoring them and pastoring moments and shepherding moments as we've talked about on this podcast with Dustin Smith before. And so sometimes we're afraid because I don't know what I'm going to say. How do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because asking the Holy Spirit for help and for guidance and for strength to fill us is key. Whenever I go to speak or lead worship, I always pray for a fresh filling so that people aren't just hearing my words, but they're hearing the words that God wants them to hear through His Holy Spirit. Luke 12, uh, verse 12, talks about how the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the moment that you need them. And aren't we grateful for that? The Holy Spirit gives us the words, gives us the confidence that we need, not in ourselves, but in Christ who's at work within us. Amen? And Jesus talked about how the Holy Spirit is our guide, our helper, our comforter. I mean, just look at John 14 and 15, talking all about the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Holy Spirit transforms us. Like, we can't change ourselves. You might be able to get by a few days or even a few weeks if you try to change your own self, but man, the Holy Spirit at work within you, that's the change agent. My dad would often talk about the Holy Spirit as the change agent. We cannot make ourselves more and more like Christ. Only the Spirit of God can do that. A.W. Tozer once said that the Spirit-filled life isn't just a special deluxe edition of Christianity. The Holy Spirit-filled life is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. It's part of our identity. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says this, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee. Other other translations would say down payment. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised, which is the presence of God in all fullness, right? that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. The presence of God is everything. Uh, That's our job as worship leaders to help people connect to God's presence, to help the people of God connect to the presence of God because in the presence of God is the power and the peace of God. So a worship leader's job is to help people know God's presence more. And the way that we do that is by more of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the more of the Holy Spirit in our services, the more of the Holy Spirit in our worship. And so I would just encourage you, uh, if if uh, you know any of this has kind of struck you as like, man, I want to know more about that, man, please reach out to me. My email is kurt, K-U-R-T, at curtisparks.com. And uh, I feel like I've gotten to know uh, so many great listeners that have been listening to this podcast. This one is super personal for me because without the Holy Spirit, I am not anywhere equipped to do what I do. And I think all of us, uh, we need more of the Holy Spirit to be better leaders, to be better pastors, to be better worshipers, to be better followers of Christ. We need more of the Holy Spirit. So I hope that this talk has inspired you a little bit. I hope it's encouraged you and maybe even challenged you to know more of the Holy Spirit 
to be more spirit led in your everyday life. Listen, I'm praying for you guys and girls out there. I am believing that a wave of God's presence is about to sweep across the church and I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm here for it. And uh, that is my entire purpose uh, is to help people connect to God's presence. Let's go. God bless. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.